They don't call them uh, great ghosts for nothing. If I got a thousand decoys or, or two thousand, three thousand decoys out there, we need to sound like that many birds. These animals are playing basically a life or death game of hide and seek, and they're just good at it. The, the cool part about archery is that you can geek out as deep as you want to go. It is their job. Their sole job is to stay alive. That's, that's what they do day in and day out. The sense of accomplishment is unreal yeah. when you put in that much work. Even though they're passions of mine, it's, you know, it still takes a backseat to being a dad and being a husband. So Doing is better than talking. And he had that whole basin lit up with a laser light show machine. <laughs> It's a healthy thing to have passion like this. What is happening, everyone? Another episode of the Mountain Vision Podcast. Um, before we dive into it, just a reminder, um, if you're looking for backcountry dehydrated meals, um, go to alpinfuel.com um, and then use WELCOME10 as your discount code. Again, discount code WELCOME10 for 10% off of your first order. Um, they've got the best breakfast granola meals ever. And then they also carry all kinds of other brands of meals, uh, peak refuel and all kinds of stuff. So go check them out. And then, um, yeah, so this episode, I finally was able to get Travis will back on. Uh, we've been talking back and forth for a while. Uh, he went on a caribou hunt. Uh, I guess it's been a couple months already, month and a half or so, but, um, yeah, we've been trying like every week to try to get, together and get get him on but um we finally just did it over the phone so schedules schedules are tough um but anyways yeah his hunt was it looked epic the pictures are awesome the hunt sounded challenging and rewarding and successful and all that good stuff so um we kind of break down you know the the ins and outs and the just kind of all the details of getting getting to alaska and getting getting to where you need to to hunt and just kind of all the details it's pretty pretty interesting so anyways um yeah we kind of dove into it if you want to check him out on instagram uh his handle is travis underscore will underscore hunt um so check him out there and then uh hope you enjoy the episode i really enjoyed the conversation uh stay tuned hello What's going on, man? What's going on? Oh, nothing much. Just uh, trying to get this thing to work. <laughs> yeah. You think you got it now? Yeah. Yeah, I think I got it now. We're Perfect. in business. Sounds good. Yeah, it's funny. I, like I was saying, I I had to use my daughter's phone, and I just opened. I opened. I just took it out of the case so I could get the get the uh, microphone, microphone cord plugged into it. And yeah. there's there's five bucks in there, dude. <laughs> really? I was like, "Sweet jackpot!" <laughs> uh, yeah, we ended up getting my daughter. She's only like, she's only ten, dude. But we ended up getting her a phone because she she runs off with her friends in the neighborhood and like goes on trails and all kinds of stuff. And we're like, "Dude, we can't like keep track of her." And like walkie talkies yeah. weren't working good enough. And we're like, "Dude, screw it. We'll just like activate one of our old iPhones and give it to her." <laughs> so yeah. that's what we did. At least she's safe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't have, like, access to... App or, it's like, all, Instagram or anything. Yeah. Facebook. Yeah, it's all, like, yeah. child-proofed. And, like, she can go on, like, YouTube and only, like, see, you know, stuff, whatever, rated Her G. Age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. good. So, yeah, man. I, I hit record when I started calling you, so 
I yeah, mean, no problem. we don't have to leave all that in there if we don't want to, but um, <laughs> I'm good with it. But yeah, so for the listeners, talking to Travis Will again. <laughs> I think you're the first repeat uh, guest. I think so. Was last season? Was it after? No, it was before hunting season last year that we talked. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, I think uh, Taylor Taylor's been on a couple times, but um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, we met. Yeah, what? Yeah, what was it last year? We did an episode, and then we ended up meeting at the archery event, and then bear hunted. Yeah, bear hunted together after I got done with wallet season. Yeah, yeah. So we we talk pretty often, and need to, yeah need to try to get together more often. But bear season's here again, so I'm sure we'll get back up there. Yeah, that's what I was just telling Maddie. We got to come down and barbecue together here soon too. I got a bunch of elk and some caribou and stuff that we could bring. Oh, right on. Yeah, I've talked to my wife a few times too about trying to get you guys up here and do a barbecue too. But yeah, it's like time flies, dude. I know. We didn't I really, know. We've we didn't been really... trying to do this podcast for two months now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we started. We talked about it before even went on the trip. We're like, oh yeah, when you when you get back from your trip, we'll have to do a a follow-up episode and talk about how the trip went and it's already been how, how when did you go it's already been over a month uh, right i went i left august 24th and i came back september 6th 7th oh okay. yeah it was maddie's birthday i came back oh I that's got right stuck for an extra we're supposed to be gone i think 10 days total and i think it turned out being two weeks yeah nine or ten days i think we were supposed to be gone but we ended up being gone for 14 yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was wild. You're on Alaska time when you're there, so it's a little different than being back here. That's probably the biggest thing to get over after going, and probably one of the only things I didn't really like. I mean, I didn't mind being stuck, but it, it just I definitely do like being able to come home when I want to come home, especially since I had tagged out, and I think after I tagged out, I was there for another eight days. Oh, okay. <laughs> so... It was just a lot of taking care of meat for the extended period of time and stuff like that. But overall, it was a good experience. Yeah. Yeah, it looked awesome, dude. All the, all those pictures, anytime anyone goes on those trips, I'm like, the pictures look amazing. Yeah, it doesn't even do it justice. And I didn't do a great job at like taking as many pictures and videos as I thought I was going to. Because it was just like, you're, it's a lot of work, too. You know, it was a DIY hunt. We got flown in, but... We didn't have a guide with us, so there was no one there cutting up our animals after we shot them. We had to pack them out ourselves and everything, obviously. So you just think you're going to take way more pictures and stuff, but when you're in the moment, you're just trying to get it done. And then you get back to camp like, man, I really wish I would have done that, you know? Yeah. But but I, I have enough to remember the trip by and enough of all, all of the, my buddies that were with us. Hell yeah. Yeah, that looked awesome. What, what uh, so how, I don't know, I kind of figured... I was just going to kind of pick your brain on how the whole process went from like start to finish, like the, uh, just from getting the tag and like planning the trip and, you know, maybe, I don't know if you want to go into like what it costs and like, yeah, I just, can do that. I'll break everything down. Cause I think people think it's way less. I mean, I was probably one of those people that was like, oh, I don't think I'll ever do that. Cause I don't, I'm kind of like over the counter, low budget kind of hunter. I don't really like spending a lot of money on a hunt um per se but it's yeah. it's way more doable than what you think it would be so one of my buddies 
who his dad uh, runs a shop, a fabrication shop here locally. I had I'd ran in there. I needed some work done on one of the ranch pickups. I ran into him, and he uh, he was like, "Hey, Bo wants our other buddy. Bo wants to put a, a caribou hunt together." And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Like, well, I don't think it'll ever happen, but yeah, it sounds cool. I'd be down." And then Bo got everything lined up, and they called me like, "Hey, we got to put deposits on it." I think the deposit was twelve hundred bucks. The whole the hunt itself costed forty five hundred, but then you still got to factor in your airfare. I think my airfare to get there and back was seven hundred, but then we had to bump flights on the way back, so it cost me another three hundred. So probably a thousand dollars in airfare. Okay. And then you have you know hotel and everything else. Granted, we got stuck when we first got there. We were supposed to fly out Wednesday. We got there on a Tuesday night. We we're supposed to stay one night and fly out Wednesday. We got stuck there for an extra two nights. I don't think we flew out till Friday. So we had extra hotel fees, obviously. Yeah. Which that's not cheap every night. That's about 150 bucks a person, I would say, give or take, with food and stuff. Yeah. So, because everything there, it's like in Cotsview where we flew into, which is the last town before we go out into the field, there's only like one hotel, like a main hotel. And then there's a couple like Airbnbs that you could stay in. The uh-huh. town itself is like really supported kind of by the hunting that comes in and out of there. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a different, it feels like you're in a different world. Like as yeah. simple as it, you want to get a beer, you can't, you can't order beer at any of the restaurant hotels or anything like that. If you want to get beer, you can't drink ho- uh, beer in the hotel. Oh really? So, no, it's like, it's awful. If you get caught, it's a 20, or $250 fine up to a $1,000 fine, depending on how bad you, you know, like if you had a bunch of alcohol in your room. Yeah. Damn. So it's just <laughs> weird. Yeah. To get alcohol, you had to go get a license and buy it. And where you bought it was like, it was so weird. It, it was like, they're like feeding you like a lion at the zoo. You have to put like your ID and everything through this little shoot. They, they give you your permit. You fill out all this information. Then they like, slide your beer out out through this little like feeding tube where you get it from it just they have a huge alcohol problem in Cotsbue so dang it's (laughs) it's different yeah it's definitely different and it's weird it's not like that all throughout Alaska it's just that city I guess they voted in to to have it that way because of alcoholism yeah just a small town yeah because I've been to like Anchorage and Soldotna and like Fairbanks and stuff and it's all pretty normal as far as drinking and stuff goes but yeah i think yeah it's probably once you get to those like remote areas and nobody has anything to do except drink it's like a big problem <laughs> yeah which you could see it like just in t- it's kind of like sad you see it you know people walking around that are they don't even know where they're at you know so it's just kind of depressing yeah and they don't get very much like sun or anything there either and this year was extra bad they said this is the worst summer they ever had they only had like one or two days worth of sun oh really yeah (laughs) wild that's crazy so you get you get flown in there and then our transporter what we're actually like paying for the 4500 dollars is our transporter uh flies us into the spot that they already have picked out um like i said it's unguided so no one stays with us but they provide us with tent and the food uh, for the week that we're going to be there, which we could have done our own gear, but it was, it would have saved us like three or 400 bucks off the total cost of the hunt. 
and it just it didn't it made money wise and time wise just didn't make any sense we would have more money wrapped up in flying all of our own gear there and just using theirs and we had they hooked it up with nice you know alaskan guide cabela's alaskan guide tents so we were we were comfortable the whole week even with the rain and stuff we never had issues with tents leaking or anything like that okay we had we had one night that we had a couple tents collapse just because of the severe winds, but that was just, we had to get up and re-rig the, the lines and stuff like that to get the tents to fold back out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they, they flew us in. Like I said, we got delayed a couple of days and when we got f- flown in, it was pilot was working to get us landed safely and stuff. So that was kind of experience too. Yeah, that was probably the only thing I was a little nervous about was, you know, landing and stuff like that on the rough conditions that we had. Yeah, what was that plane like? Like, what size of a plane was that? that- uh, it. it I should have asked the pilot like what size, but if I had to, it was a pontoon, which all the other ones weren't. They were turf tire, you know, like uh, they would land on the tundra. This was the only pontoon one out of all the charters uh, out of Cotsview. Okay. But uh, it, it fit the pilot and three passengers plus our gear. And without our gear, we probably could have fit another person. So we had a five-man group, so we, we flipped coins on who would leave first. I got to be on the first plane in, and, or we drew straws uh-huh. out of our five-person group. So it ended up being when we got flown in on Friday, it was me and two other of my buddies, and uh, – our other two in our group had to stay behind because weather got so bad he couldn't fly them in right behind us, so they didn't get flown in till the the next morning. Okay. Yeah. So uh, they flew us in, and when they fly us in, they pull the group out before us. And uh, actually, when we landed, the guys that were there—I don't know if they didn't—they were just super hard hunters, but they had some like smaller caribou. They're like, man, if you guys don't see. Or if you see a caribou, you know, like, like shoot it. I was like, really? Like, shit. The ones that you guys shot, I probably would pass on. Like, not trying to be stingy, but, yeah. you know, I want. So I don't know how many caribou trips I'm going to have. And they're talking about getting past to where we won't be able to hunt them. So I wanted to get something decent, you know? Yep. And uh, so I was thinking, man, this is going to be a, like, we're going to we're gonna have to hunt, which we were fine with. Um, and then the next morning we woke up, we got snow on tops of all the mountains overnight we got a really good cold front and the very next morning i walk out of the tent i was like there's caribou right there right across the bay from where our our camp was and our camp our tents were kind of like you're in the middle of nowhere so your tents don't really stand out and ours were kind of surrounded by a bunch of brush Uh so you we would get caribou thousand yards from camp that like once they figured it out like oh shoot there's people there they kind of take off, but like you could see caribou right from camp. Yeah, that's crazy. So we, yeah, we, we spotted those across the way. I got glass on. I was like, man, there's some really good bulls in there. Like bigger than anything we've seen come out of here. Like we got to go. But they were like two, three miles away, and they always say like, don't chase caribou. Oh, so we really? took off out. Yeah, they, you, you'll never catch them in the tundra. That stuff's so deceiving. It looks like two, three miles, you're like, oh, that's nothing. You go to start walking in it, and to do a mile is like 30 minutes to walk a mile. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, we're yeah. like normally, if not more, 45 minutes to go to a mile. We're here, you could do that in 10, 15 minutes, you know. Yeah. Um, 
so we t- we took off after those and uh we get over there and my buddy ian shot one out of that group so we got him him down started breaking him down and where we we shot him at was right where we flew in the day before and i was telling them as we were breaking down this caribou i was like man it's gonna be so cool the guys are gonna be flying in right over the top of us seeing us breaking down a caribou already and yeah. they're like yeah i know they're gonna be so so amped you know like we already got one down before they because you have to wait 24 hours so the night we got flown in we saw a few caribou that night but we couldn't go after them because you had to wait uh till the next day okay yeah so, so that's what i was telling them so our buddies that were getting flown in they couldn't hunt that day they would just only be able to help us okay so uh we got that caribou all broke down they ended, they ended up not flying in over the top of us they came in through another pass because of the weather and uh but they landed they figured out that we had shot one so uh we got that all packed back to camp that's probably our second longest pack out it was like two and a half three miles back to camp with that one which we broke everything up over five guys it was fairly easy you know to pack back and uh got back to camp wait so that was that was the so that was the second day Technically, the second day, we had landed the evening before. We were only there for probably four or five, well, it never gets really like dark, dark there, but we probably had four or five hours of light when we landed on, I think we landed on Friday, Friday afternoon, and this was Saturday morning. So, but then those, those, uh, so the next group, your, your other buddies came, so they landed, so they came in the next day then, huh? Yeah, they came in the day after us. Oh, okay. We slept one night uh, without them there, and then they flew in the next the next morning. While you're while you're breaking down a bull. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And they figured <laughs> they figured we left when we left camp that morning. We had all our spotters set up, pointing toward towards where we shot this caribou. So they got into camp. They landed. They saw all the spotters pointing one way, and we weren't in camp. They're like, "Oh shit! They must have saw something." They took off after it. So they just went in the direction that our spotters were pointed. And then obviously they could see us finally a couple miles off with the glass. They were like, oh, I think it's going down. So they came and helped us pack it out. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, well, by the time they got there, we had all the meat stuff loaded up in between uh, my pack and my two other buddies' packs. So they just came and grabbed guns and stuff like that to, to lighten our load. Yeah. Nice. So, so then we got that packed back. And then uh, we ended up having more caribou show up. That day was the only day that was, like, good weather. Like, uh, sunny out, like, storm broke. We had that snow high, so it was crazy. That day we saw more caribou than we did the whole entire trip. They were just pushing out of the hills. Okay. And Because uh, we were camped, like, right at the base of the Brooks Range. So you would glass these chutes up into the Brooks Range and see the caribou just moving down out of that into the flats. And we were in the flats. You could you could go to the base, but it was a hike to get there, which we ended up having to do to get the last two bulls of the trip, which was like the second to last day. We had to end up hiking all the way over there, and it was a mission. But uh-huh. this day was really good. So then we had more caribou working down. Um, I got a, a stock. I got shoot i got to 30 yards on this group that came through but they just never stopped moving and they were just grouped up way too much i i was just worried about if i missed or something like that i ended up sticking a cow yeah so i never got a shot off on them but our other buddy ended up shooting shooting one out of the group a uh, nice bull 
So we went over, broke that one down. And then by the time we got that one back to camp, we uh, made dinner, we cooked some caribou. And then another group came in behind camp in the, the rock cliffs behind camp, probably uh, half a mile from camp, probably. And uh, I was sitting there eating, and I went into the tent, and uh, I just hear the guys like, caribou, caribou, get down, get down, you know, like, stop, don't, don't move. Because they were fairly close to camp. They could probably see us, you know? Yeah. And uh, my buddy Bo was like, Trap, get over here. Shoot this one. This one's huge. The biggest one we've seen the whole entire trip. And they they already had I, – I only had my bow. So I if I was going to use a rifle, I was going to have to borrow one of my buddies. Well, Jake had his gun all set up on it. He's like, Trap, just shoot it, dude. It's so big. And uh, I laid down and got on the gun. I was just about to shoot it. And then – all the guys were like, Trav, you really wanted to shoot one with the bow. It's the first, you know, first day of us hunting. He's like, don't, don't feel pressured by us, you know, which is like cool on their, their part, you know, yeah. it's kind of like hunting buddies you want to be with. Cause I was all ready to go for it. I was like, I switched from bow hunter to rifle hunter in a matter of <laughs> seconds. You know, I, once I saw this thing too, I was like, you know, and then once he said that, I kind of calmed down for a second. I mean, I was, dead nuts crosshairs on them about ready to pull the trigger yeah and then they're all just like Trav, no no it's the first day like you really you said you were just gonna do it with the bow just, you could do it just, you know and i was like all right so i turn around and my buddy eric comes out of the tent he's got my vinyl harness my bow and everything i'm throwing my boots on he's like just, just take off on a sock you, you got this you got this like i was like all right thanks thanks he's like just take it easy just fucking take off right now and you might have a chance at him oh i thought i thought this was gonna end up being like where you were gonna just wait for a different opportunity so this was oh, like no. a this was like a stockable this, situation this then, is or? a stockable yeah because they were in the cliffs behind camp it just i had to go like right now so I, it happened so fast like they popped out and this was all within a matter of like a minute i laid down on the gun was about to shoot the biggest one out of the group and I, then they talked me out of it and i was like all right i turn around my other buddies thinking ahead already had my vinyl harness in his hands and my nice. bow out of out of my tent because just that stuff was laying on my cot yeah and uh he's like here just go for it so i threw that stuff on took off with my bow and i had to go like all obviously all the way around get the right wind and everything like that i got up into the cliffs with them and uh i i their antlers are so big you can like see the tips of their antlers coming way before, which is nice, yeah. way before they were. So I snuck in this little goalie in the rocks. It was just on my knees. Got ready, got ready, rang stuff all around me. Here comes the herd. I see smaller bulls coming. Then I see the, the big bull. There was the big bull and then the one I ended up shooting, which was the second biggest one. Uh-huh. I think mine was mine was a little bit wider and stuff, but the tops were weaker than the biggest one in the group. Okay. Which, uh, which obviously I was fine with either one. But they get within 50 yards, and I just can't get a shot on the biggest one. He's got a cow that keeps moving in between him, and then he's he's not at the right angle and stuff like that. And then the one that I ended up shooting was 50 yards away from me, and he, like, kind of sees me as I'm drawn. Because I just drew back and was just waiting for an opportunity. As I draw, draw back, he kind of sees me, and they all kind of, like, they know something's up. Yeah. So I just swung over on the second biggest one that was broadside and was like, all right, here we go and anchored pulled through the shot and hit him and just dropped him in his tracks like perfect it was weird it was perfect double lung shot 
and it went all the way through and stuck in the opposite shoulder. So he was a little cornering away, I guess. But like perfect right behind the shoulder, stuck in the opposite shoulder. Yeah. And it just dropped him. I think there must be, like I was talking about Stephen Evans, I think there must be a nerve on the backside of that, that shoulder blade. Uh-huh. And when it hit him, it just put him down and dropped him instantly. Huh. And uh, then he started kind of like, you know, wiggling around. And I always, you know, shoot till the animal's done. So I, I just got a better angle on him, put a second shot in him, finished finish him off. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, all the guys were back at camp and they videoed it through the spotter. I could hear all them yelling and everything, all happy and stuff. And I was like, man, that it just happened super fast. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. But we got, so after that, we had three bulls down in one day. So you can imagine, luckily mine was like close. Like I said, it was probably three quarters of a mile at the most from camp. Okay. But, and especially by the third caribou, we had it, we had it down to a science with how, how many guys. I think it took us 35, 40 minutes to break down my whole bull. Okay. And uh, that that's like ribs, everything, because you have to take the rib cage and everything out with you. So it's not just quarters and back straps, and neck meat, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and that's with keeping it to get it mounted and stuff like that too. So we just butchered it up real quick, packed it back to camp. And I think at that time it was probably like ten thirty at night, eleven o'clock, but still light out. So it's it's weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's so weird, huh? Yeah. That's cool. So we were pretty. We were pretty amped, you know, three three bulls in one day, the first day, and one guy got his with a bow. So we were thinking, like, man, this is a slam dunk thing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, well, it turned out not to be from then on because of <laughs> bad weather and everything else. But uh, we got that back to camp, went to bed. The next day we wake up, just pouring rain. We ended up seeing another group that had a giant bull in it. Probably the biggest one of the whole trip. It had back scratchers that had to be 10 to 12 inches long. Our two buddies, when we saw them, were all in the tent, just which my tent was like the community tent because I was sleeping by myself. So when we would get rained out, everyone would just come in there. We'd play cards and stuff. Yeah. We were in there playing cards, and I got out uh, just to stretch the legs. I'm like, there's caribou. And I was like, no, there's not. And I was like, no, there's caribou right over there. We got the glass on them, and everyone starts glassing them up. And I'm like, you guys need to go. Right now, go. And they're like, no, no, we'll, we'll go, we'll go. And I'm like, all right, I know how this goes. You guys got to go right now. Yeah. They ended up, they finally ended up getting over there, and they they were trying to double up, so it was hard, you know, getting two at once. And uh, they were using rifles, but uh, – they're trying to double up. They couldn't make it happen. And then after that group, I don't think we saw shooter caribou for probably four days, oh, four shit. or five days. We would see smaller ones or just groups of cows. The only ones that we would see were all the way at the top of the Brooks Range, which was like seven, eight miles across the tundra. Yeah. And we glassed them for four or five days. And then finally, the second to last day, we we're glassing them. And I just told I mean, which they agreed. I'm not saying it was my decision, but I was like, dude, you guys want to go home with Caribou? We got to go over there. Yeah. And uh, they're like, screw it, let's go. Which, in their defense, too, the reason why we had waited a day or two is because we got so much rain that there was a river that we had to cross, and we wouldn't have been able to cross it. We had waders, but it would have been above our chest. Like, 
and we don't have a raft or anything like that. So we had to wait for that river to go down. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so the river, we blasted it. It looked like it was low enough to, to get across. And, uh, so we crossed that. We got across the river to the other side. The two biggest bulls that we had been glassing, like worked down perfectly to us. And, uh, they both ended up doubling up on those. I got a cool video of that. I'll have to send it to you. Oh, nice. Uh, so you just see them working down, and uh, they got within, I think, 250 yards. They both just dropped both of them at the same time. Hell so that yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah, I got that through the phone scope, so that was cool to see. But then that was, we had two bulls down. There was four of us. So the two guys, the two shooters and me and one other buddy were there to help pack. And uh, my one buddy, his pack, it it just didn't work out that he couldn't, like, fit as much stuff as we thought he was going to, you uh-huh. know, in his frame pack. So we got those all broken down, and he was only able to carry his, you know, his cape and his skull and antlers and stuff like that. And then uh, I told him, I was like, I'm not making another trip over here because it was a good seven-mile trip. And oh, we yeah. were, thought we were getting flown out the next morning, you know. Yeah. So we, uh, I was like, let's load everything in my backpack, uh, and I'll just try, you know, yeah. to get it out. So we loaded his whole caribou full of meat and mine, and then the other two guys split the other caribou in theirs. And, uh, yeah, that was probably the toughest, well, that was the toughest pack out I've ever done. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I almost died. Uh, yes. He ended up, when he got back home, he texted me. He's like, Hey, Trav, uh, you, you carried a little bit of weight. The butcher just weighed the bone or the meat off the bone, and there was 115 pounds of meat. He's like, so you had that plus the bones plus your gear and stuff in your backpack. You probably had 150, 160 pounds on your back. Dude. He's like, oh, no, I, I know I did. Oh, my but God. I got, but that was like one of those things. We were just in a situation that we had to get out. So it was a grind. There was like halfway through it. I was like, I, I don't know. Like I might have – my, I don't want to cause like serious injury to me until when I get back home, I can't work or something, you know? Yeah. Plus it was pretty sketchy that on the way out, we, uh, we all had so much weight on our back that when we did the river crossings, the first one we went through, it was like shin deep. So we were okay with, uh, gators and just boots, just like walking quick and we wouldn't get wet. But then finally it got to a point where, uh, we were crossing higher stuff that was like up to our knee and, we each had so much weight on our pack that we couldn't use our waders. Cause like me, I couldn't stand, stand up with my backpack on. It took two or three guys to get me stood up so I could walk. So we couldn't use the waders. <laughs> so we just said, screw it. So halfway back, we were just like, all right, we're getting wet. We just got to make it back. And then once I got wet, it just made it worse. It was just like ankle weights. You know, once your boots fill up with water. Yeah. So oh, man. it was miserable, but, once we got back, we were so happy. <laughs> I bet, dude. Damn. Yeah. What was the deal with his with his bag? Did he just did he just not it have just, the right type or? Yeah, it was just the older uh, Everly stock. Not that there's anything wrong with them, but it yeah. just with what gear he had, and then he had to carry out the rack. It just it he just it he, there was no meat shelf like it just wouldn't have worked like we tried to get it to work and it wouldn't yeah it wasn't it wasn't his fault it was a lesson learned once we got it and then it was more or less like 
we're going to do this in one trip. I'm not coming back. Yeah. And yeah. we had issues with grizzly bears there. So I was like, I don't want to leave any meat. Oh, you know, because literally, the, yeah, the next day we, we were sitting there from camp watching a grizzly bear just eat the carcass Damn. of the, the two caribou. So it was just one of those situations that we had to had to get out. And the other two guys were packing a lot of weight too. One buddy, uh, Eric, he had his whole cape and everything and a bunch of meat, and he was dying trying to get back. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was definitely, I don't know, one of those situational things if you got to get it done you just got to get it done yeah dude you're just you're just preparing for the pack race next season huh at, yeah at the archery shoot <laughs> yeah oh yeah after that that one that was the first time that i almost I, I won't ever quit at anything and i was halfway through it i was literally like can i do this like i had to question it but i ended up doing it so yeah when you after just... that i definitely built a little bit of confidence but i was definitely at that it wasn't a matter of quitting or not. It was more or less like, am I going to like hurt myself to where these guys are going to have to, like, if I drop this pack, then they're going to be carrying me back. Like, yeah. you know, like I was worried about slipping a disc or something on my back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You, you kind of have the mindset of like, you know, you don't really have much of a choice other than to just try to make it happen. But yeah, yeah, you're right. You never know if like, you know, you don't want to get hurt and then get put in a situation where, it makes and it I'm worse. dealing with it for yeah for <laughs> yeah. year for a couple of years afterwards. Yep, but you're still you're still a young buck in your twenties. So, oh no, I'm thirty now. Oh, are you thirty now? <laughs> yeah, I turned thirty this year. I'm getting old. Oh uh, yeah, you are. Shit, I tell Maddie that all the time. She rolls her eyes. <laughs> oh, I still funny. think I'm eighteen. I know, huh? Same here. Yeah, nice. but no, it was definitely definitely a trip more people should look into especially now they're still talking about maybe closing it i told maddie i'd like i'd really like to take her whether it was just me and her they won't let you go um like solo just for security reasons so you have to go with someone else like have it has to be two people or more in a group uh-huh so i told her i'd like to take her back and go just because the odds of you getting something especially with a rifle are fairly fairly good and the yeah. thing about caribou is like it's weird it's not like scoring you know like when you go deer hunting you're like oh yeah i want to try to get a four by four yeah but there it's kind of just whatever caribou fits your taste you know everyone's different yeah yeah they all kind of like, just have different characteristics and stuff huh yeah so it's kind of like whatever you're happy with yep hell yeah well it sounds like uh it's probably a good idea to go with the right with the right group it sounds like you had a good group of guys that you went with like you know just the way you described how you were on the rifle and they your buddies like were looking looking ahead and they went and grabbed your bow and got all your stuff for you while you were trying to make the decision and you know sounds like yeah. sounds like some good buddies you were with yeah definitely and just like even like the pack outs and stuff you you know if you don't take the right people it just some people break in those situations so i was glad that none of us did you know yeah and then especially too you got to think about like it's mentally challenging thinking that you're coming out like we we're supposed to come out on a wednesday we didn't come out till we didn't, we came out almost a week later than we were supposed to yeah that's crazy we're, we're <laughs> only supposed to be in field for seven days and we ended up being in field for 11 okay 
So almost five days, you know, give or take. Yeah. And we were in deeper. And then we got pulled, when we got pulled out, we drew straws again. Like off the bat, I, cause I had the in reach. So I was able, I was talking to the pilot the whole time. So okay. I had offered, I had offered like, Hey, I'll just say, I'll be the last person out. Like I'm okay with it. Like I had stuff back here at home. I need to get back to you for work, but yeah, it was what it was. None of us were leaving without each other. So, uh, it was just who was going to get back to civilization first, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then we drew straws again and then I ended up drawing again to come out first. So I, I came out first. <laughs> the other guys had, uh, uh, in reaches too. So they were able to keep in touch with the pilot, but, okay. uh, then once we got back, we had to get flights changed and everything else to get back. But yeah, it's a little bit of a mental thing too, you know, like especially once everyone's tagged out and you're still there for another three or four days after the last caribou was shot. Yeah. And it's a day to day thing, you know, on when you're going to be able to come out. Yeah. How was, uh, how was like your boss with that situation? He was good with it. I, he knew ahead of time going in. Yeah, you know, and he was just like he understands that, you know. No, I'm talking about. But they were like, I was talking about Maddie. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, she did okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, towards the end of it, she was like, "I am ready for you to come home. I don't care if I need to get my pilot's license and come get you out myself." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's but, like, hey, "It's my birthday, motherfucker." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's some of that. So, which that is. Like she did good though overall, yeah. but you got to definitely think about that. It was taxing, you know, because you're just stuck. You can't. It's not like I could change anything. It's not like we asked to stay longer. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, it's all part so of the she, adventure. I think it's kind of cool. It's just like it just adds to the memories, adds to the adventure. Yeah, definitely. After that, she said no more two week hunts unless she's on them with me. So yeah. <laughs> she said next time she better be there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it gets even worse once you start having kids and stuff because then it's like, you know, then she's basically a single parent for the whole time you're gone and it's like even more pressure to be home. <laughs> yeah, yep. But Yeah, I get it. Hell yeah. Yeah, sounds like an awesome trip. So then, then, uh, so then you, what, you guys flew back, what, three of you guys flew back first again and then, and then two the next day? Yeah, two the next day. And then we held up uh, Cotsby until the last two came out and we all flew home, you know, on the airlines together. Okay. Nice. How was it getting so, all the, like all the meat on the plane and all that stuff? That was super easy. Um, uh, we ended up sending our capes and, uh, antlers to the taxidermist in Anchorage, um, which was just easiest to do that. Cause money wise, it just didn't make any sense to bring them home and have our taxidermist do them by yeah. the time we paid to have them flown home and everything. And this guy like specialized, in a caribou yeah so uh we had those sent there then we just had to worry about the meat getting the meat home which uh i'm a card member with alaska airlines so it was just shoot i don't know what it was i think 75 bucks or something like that to fly 75 per 50 pound uh box i had and i had two box no shoot three boxes so yeah, I was a little under three hundred bucks to get all the meat home, which okay. wasn't bad. Yeah. So yeah. it was fairly easy to do that. They just fly it home. You pick it up at the, you know, we landed in Sacramento, so we just picked it up there. Maddie met me uh, with my pickup, so we get through all the 
uh, boxes and stuff in the camper showing we just hauled that back home. Wait, your your Ford was able to carry all that meat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I think last time I uh, saw your truck, I think, wasn't I pulling it out of the snow when it got stuck or something? Oh, no, I think that was the other way around. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, she- the Chevy couldn't hang. <laughs> so when you guys got to the... So when you guys initially flew like back into Kotzebue, you're, you so you stayed at a hotel or whatever there, right? Like, did you, yeah. did you, so all the meat was just, did we, you, like, we kept it, at, we kept it in a, a freezer there at the hotel. Okay. They're like super cool with that part of it. You just got to check in like your guns, obviously at the front counter. And then we, we, we brought it into their cooler. Okay. And we kept it, kept it there until we left. So so the so the the meat is all still in in bags. Uh, no, we take it out of the game bags. You leave it bone in, and you put it into wax lined uh, like cardboard boxes uh-huh. to ship. So we did all uh-huh. that, and I think it ended up coming out. Maybe I only did have two boxes. I think that's what it was. Okay, like two two quarters and like back straps and neck meat can fit in one of the two other quarters, two racks of ribs in the other. So. Yeah, it was two boxes. Now I think about it, so it was only 150 bucks for me to get all the meat home. So, so while you were, so when the plane first came to to pick you up, is that when you guys put all the meat in these boxes? Uh, no, no. When we, we or when you they got have to the hotel, hang, no, they have a hangar. So once we got flown out of the field, they drop us at their hangar. So we do all that at the hangar oh. with, with with the flight crew. Gotcha. They have like two guys that help us get it all packaged up. Then they keep our capes and our antlers if they're going to the tax service. They have uh, cold storage there, so they kept our capes and stuff there at the hangar. And they they have like a really organized way of labeling everything to make sure you know I don't get some other guy's caribou back. Yeah, and stuff. So they they kept uh, the hides and all the antlers there. They helped us box up our meat. And then from there we took our meat to the hotel that already in boxes and just, uh, carted it into their, their cold storage. Okay. That way we didn't have to go back down to the hangar, even though the hangar is where we fly out of. Cause the airport there is like, it's super small. I mean, it's yeah. everything's right there together. Like all the other aviation companies that fly hunters out into the field all have hangars inside the airport. Okay. Yeah, I guess they have a they have a pretty good system going. It sounds sounds like they're pretty organized with it. Yeah, yep. That's cool that they. Yeah, that's cool. I think to leave the let the taxidermist there do like handle all that because then you're like giving them more business and stuff locally and supporting the economy there and stuff. It's kind of sounds like it's set up pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it is. Cool. Plus, he like specializes in it. I think he said. He had like over 300 caribou he had to do this season. Really? Yeah, <laughs> so he does a lot of them. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And we get them back, we're going to get them back like fairly decent. So they got them September 7th, or let's just say it's middle of September they got them by the time they got shipped over there. I think he said I'll have it back by May of this year, so less than a year, you know. A lot yeah. of taxidermists are a year and a half to two years out. Okay. Did uh did you talk to Steve about that? Did he do this because he went there? La- was it last year or the year before? I, I did. Remember. I did. Yeah, he helped me a lot. Like as far as because I was hitting him up, I was nervous just because 
I was like, man, am I making the right decision on taking the bow? Because I don't know how many times I'm going to be able to do this hunt. Like, should I just stack up and take a rifle? But I really want to do it with the bow. Yeah. So I, obviously, I hit him up. I was like, hey, is it, like, terrain-wise, is it doable? He's like, yeah, it's doable. You just might not shoot the biggest caribou out of your group. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, I'm okay with that as long as, like, I knew what I was comfortable shooting, which what I shot was beyond what, you know, I was super happy with the one I got. Yeah, that thing is but, awesome looking, dude. Yeah, I was, like, super, I, I wish he had a little bit better tops, but outside of that, he had super good fronts, and he was really tall and wide. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I talked to him. He sent me pictures. He even dropped me pins on where they were at, and he gave me the whole rundown of, like, everything. Like what to bring, what not to bring, what to expect. So that was a huge help. Yeah. Uh, um, but I don't know. I didn't ask him. I don't know if he uh, sent his to the same taxidermist or if he had his guy back here. It just, I, logistics wise and looking at the numbers, it was just like, I might save a hundred bucks if I bring mine back home, but then I got to get it. Like, cause you can't fly on American Airlines. They'll only take like one set of antlers per flight and we had five guys that had an antler so it's like oh really we had a yeah it's like they have a weird rule now they used to fly as many as you want so because you you got to skull cap them and then you split the skull cap so then it's just obviously an antler and an antler so they'll they'll fit into a box fairly flat but uh i they just had told us that they wouldn't do more than one set of antlers per flight oh that's weird yeah, that's what I thought too. Huh. Biden must be running that show or something. Yeah, he started. <laughs> I know, dude. I was like, I wonder if we could get through this podcast without saying anything about politics. You mean Brandon? <laughs> let's go, Brandon. I know, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But, hell yeah, dude. That sounds like an awesome trip, dude. I need to get Oh, yeah, it was. So you plan how it took how long to plan this trip? You guys kind of started kind of lining it up like a few years back, right? Or a couple yeah. years? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I kind of just skimmed over that. But so he had initially set it up. We put our deposits for were twelve hundred, and that's what's kind of like nice about this. It wasn't forty five hundred. I mean, even if it was, we would have done it. But it was just kind of nice to break it up. So it was like I think it ended up coming out to like twelve or fourteen hundred dollars per per year, and. It, and then the, the, right before we left, we had to do our last final payment. So it took us two years. We did it, booked it two years ahead of time, paid $1,200 the next year, paid another $1,200. And then right before we left, I think we paid the last $2,200 or something like that on it. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was two years out. They give you pretty much, like, gear, what you should bring and everything like that. And then we all – we all like kept in touch with each other and make sure we didn't double up on too much stuff. Cause there is weight, weight restrictions. You had to keep the 60 pounds. So I, and I mean, I'd had majority of the gear. I did buy some stuff before I left just to, cause it was going to be, I'm used to like warm weather archery hunting here in California and stuff is going to be colder. So I had to get some more colder gear, but yeah, um, I came in super underweight when gears, I think I was around like, 48 pounds or something so of course we flew a little bit of alcohol and stuff with uh in with us just to celebrate after shoot caribou so all that got thrown in my pack any extra dude wipes or anything else got thrown in my pack so we could even out the weight yeah yeah but uh 
they also had rifles. But my, I mean, my bow is super light. I think like five, six pounds of their rifles were right around seven. So it's not like I gained a bunch there. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, we, we just had to organize for weight. And that was basically it. Like, we brought all of our own gear that way. That way. The only thing they provided was tents, cots, and food. So, yeah, we brought our own sleeping pads, sleeping bags, all that stuff. Okay. What what degree bag? How what was the temperature like that? I mean, did you need like a zero degree bag or was it? Yeah, I brought a, I brought a zero. Yeah. Did you buy it for that trip? Pretty much. No, I have a zero oh, okay. uh, thirty degree key bag. Okay. So, I yeah. normally use the thirty just because lighter it packs down smaller for around here, but uh, I didn't want to get there and be cold, so yeah, yeah. I just took the zero. Yep. Yeah. But weather, weather wise, like it was cold, but not like extremely cold. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Like you're always in a jacket or a puffy or something like that, but it wasn't like brutal. It was more just the wind and the rain. So there's a lot of moisture. I was a little bit worried because I did take a lot of down products instead of synthetics. So uh-huh. I was worried about with the moisture and the air and stuff like that, but I never had an issue. I was just smart about it, you know. Yeah. Made sure, like, my sleeping bag, when I left, never sat up against the edge of the tent to get condensation or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I, I was good as far as gear-wise. Like, I was comfortable the whole time. Some of the other guys got cold, but I was good with my later. Like, I don't know. I was pretty, like, refined on all my gear. Like, I tested all this stuff before. Yeah. So I, that that was probably the biggest thing I was happy with to take away from that trip is just like everything performed really well. Nice. As far as that, even like with my bow and everything, I was just everything was pretty dialed, which yeah. is nice when you're in those situations. Yep. Yeah. It's a totally different environment that you're not used to and stuff. And yeah, and like my boots, everything held up. Other guys had feet, wet feet. Like a couple of days into the trip, I was. I was totally fine. Never, he never got wet once until uh, we crossed, obviously, knee-high rivers. Yeah. With, with no waders on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kind of pours through the top of your boots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But walking through ankle-deep water all week in the tundra, my feet stayed dry the whole time. So I was super happy with all that. Nice. Hell yeah. All the Kuyu, uh Merino and stuff, everything held up. Good. I was able to, that stuff works good. Synthetics probably would have come day two would have uh, smelled pretty right. I know, dude. Yeah, I love that merino stuff, dude. It's just, yeah, like you can go days, dude, and it doesn't smell like yeah. anything. Like it doesn't smell like anything. Like I'll get home from a few days being gone or whatever, and I'm like, tell my wife and my kids, I'm like, I might, I might stink a little bit. I, I, I literally wore the same thing the entire time <laughs> on a backpack yeah. trip or whatever, and and my wife will be like, I mean, you smell like the woods, but you don't stink, like. It's like yeah, a, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was surprised about too. I mean, I'd used it in the past. I kind of knew, but yeah. I was thinking after all the packing out and like cutting up the or cutting up the elk, <laughs> elk, cutting up the caribou. Yeah, um, that we would just you know come day seven or eight, we would smell real right. But we're we're all right for the most part. Nice. Hell yeah, dude. Right. Sounds like it. It's cool. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, it just sounds like an awesome trip. 
Yeah, we were able to fish too. We caught some grayling and stuff in the lake that we were camped by. Okay. So that was fun. Right on. So you, uh, so you were, I'm trying to, so there was like how many days between the first three and the, and the sec and the last two caribou, like four, you said, or three? There was four or five. Like it was getting down to the, like morale was pretty low because the, the, the bulls that we were seeing, uh, were really, really far off and they weren't like working down on the tops of the, the Brooks range yeah. and where they were up at the top there was just no way to like get to it. Like you can't stalk something uphill. I mean, sometimes you can, if you get real lucky, but in this yeah. situation you couldn't, cause they would have seen you coming up the chutes. Uh, so we were kind of like, the guys are getting a little worried. Like, man, I don't know. Like might go home empty handed. Yeah. And then finally, once we saw him move down, like halfway down the chutes, that's when I was like, we need to go. Unless you guys are okay with go- going home empty handed, we got to get over there. Yeah. And they were like, all right, it's going to suck, but yeah, I agree. So we just, we sent it and went for it. So those, those days, uh, like those lull days in between, were they, were they like bad stormy days or just pretty like chill days? Like, I mean, it sounds like you guys were watching them from a distance sort of. Yeah. Um, We would glass them from a distance and yeah, it was just like pouring down rain. Like you would have been doing more damage than, you know good just being out like yeah just we all had good rain gear and stuff but we were talking rifles and they all have all my buddies have nice rifles nice scopes and stuff but it's just so wet that like then you're just fogging up scopes your guns are just soaked yeah like so it's just a mess so like we spent a you spent a lot of time in the tent just hanging out yeah, and it's yeah. crazy because you can literally just unzip a window and glass out of the tent and spot caribou yeah so it's like it felt weird. There was quite a few days that that was probably the weirdest thing for me to get used to. Cause I'm not used to doing that. Like on a hunt, like normally the whole time you just hunt. Like I feel like if you're back at camp or sitting in a tent, like you're on vacation, you're not hunting, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it was the first day or two of doing that. I was like, dude, this doesn't feel right. We got to be out there. <laughs> I know. But the guys with the guns were like, dude, every time we've been out our you know, we're just making a mess of the gun and can't even, if I saw something, I couldn't even shoot it because everything's fogged up or so waterlogged. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that's true. So let's just, and we weren't see, like when it was pouring out rain like that, they just weren't moving. And it's weird. You have to hunt like the wind there. So whenever there's a North wind, they move anything else. The caribou don't like the wind blowing in their face. Like messes with their nostrils. Uh-huh. So they wouldn't move when there was different. So we would literally get up, check the wind, Oh, it's a south wind. No, nothing's going to move today. And it was like super consistent. The minute the wind switched to the north, you'd see them start moving out of the hills. So you could like almost time it. And we got so good at watching them when you'd see groups funnel out of the hills, you would know exactly which way they're going to go. Like, oh, they're going to cut through the ravines behind camp. So the guys would go position themselves over there. Yeah. And a lot of times it was just smaller bulls that would come through and the guys just like, no, I don't want to shoot one if it's going to be that small, which is fine, you know. And we were still seeing the big ones way high up. So we just held out. like, But it did. We Towards the end, morale was pretty low. Yeah, it's kind of cutting out. I wonder if I should call you back. Okay. Here, let me call you right back. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, the... It like totally lost. It was just cutting out pretty bad there for a second. 
Oh, gotcha. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, no problem. What were we talking about? I think beer. No, beer? I don't know. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we're, we're just talking about the... Yeah, just... Uh, I think caribou was it a caribou hunt? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I, was I can't about, remember specifically uh, about when the guy doubled up on those. Oh on yeah, yeah. I, in the videos, I was gonna. I'll send to you after this, but yeah, uh, you can hear me. Uh, I mean, I'm fine to cuss on this, right? I think I already have. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think we're past I, that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think in one of the videos you see them both drop them, and I turned around and I was like fuck yeah, this is going to be a fuck pack out, but I was super happy. I told you guys all we had to do was get over here, and they were just both super amped. Yeah. I, mean, I, didn't, I, didn't think, I didn't think it was going to happen, and I was like, oh, no, I knew it was going to happen. It doesn't matter you guys getting good shots on them. Yeah. You know? And uh, they were just both super amped, and I was like, it couldn't have worked out any better. Like, um, They are both just super excited, and I was like, man, this, this is going to be a – a killer of a pack out because we were so far away. Yeah, but it was totally worth it. Hell yeah! So and just then Bo, tur- Bo turns around because obviously my pack out was fairly easy. Ian's our first uh, caribou that we got was probably the second hardest, like I said, two three miles, and then the uh, second caribou that we got was only like a mile from camp. So Bo, after I said that, he's like, Trev, all you've been talking about is how you just wanted a hard pack out. Well, we gave you one. And I was like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, Hell yeah. So does it seem like, to me, it seems like uh, hunting up there is the kind of like a balance of like, you know, especially with the bow. It's like you're you're wanting to, you're wanting like the opportunity and you're wanting to like, shoot something you're happy with but at the same time like you know you almost have to like take advantage of the opportunities you have on days that are clear and stuff because you never know when like a storm is going to roll through and just ruin the next day yeah that's my biggest thing and i've always been that i've learned that probably the biggest thing i've ever learned from bow hunting is when you have an opportunity you can't take it for or take advantage of it you have to at least try because i early on in bow hunting i would always sit back oh i'll just watch it for a little while and then you know i'll go make a stock but when you see that opportunity you gotta just take it that that this the caribou i shot was literally my second stock of the trip granted it was the first day but if i wouldn't have taken that chance and i literally sprinted around the backside of one of these mountains Uh got up there just enough time to kind of get my breathing under control but it happened so fast if i would have drug my feet at all i would have never had that opportunity and then i I might have came home empty-handed because I would have been borrowing someone's gun after that, and they would have had first choice to shoot. You know, they're not going to give me their gun so I could shoot a caribou before them, which I wouldn't expect them to. But uh, after that, I would have been screwed. But I just I took the opportunity that I could or I had, and I took off after what I thought. And I I've been on enough stocks. I snuck right through the rocks. Even the guys in the video are like, "Where's yeah? I can't see him. I can't see him." And I just thought it was funny because I was like. Once I got the wind on them, the caribou didn't even know I was there, and I kind of just used the train. And it, from where they were filming, it looks like all flat, but it's not. Where I was at, I was just using the, the like the crevices and the rocks to s- sneak on my hands and knees into position. Yeah, got into position, stayed on my knees, and just waited for them to feed right into me. Yeah, yeah. 
So that that video is it like like I I can see the one that's like broadside to you, um, but then the like who the whoever recorded it just kind of like it kind of shifts over, and then there's a caribou on the ground. I, so I don't know if is it that caribou that was in the frame the biggest, that was broadside. Is that yeah, the that's the biggest one. But there was the way that the terrain was. Like I couldn't see his legs. I could just see his torso, and he had a cow like halfway in with their butt like in front of him so i just didn't have a shot on him then the one i ended up shooting was out of frame he didn't think i was going to shoot the that was the second biggest one is the one i shot okay so he was on the biggest one he thought i was going to shoot at and from their angle they're like you didn't have a shot i was like no dude i didn't have a shot yeah and then they kind of like they kind of figured out what was going on or like something was there so i was like well i gotta capitalize on this i'm not if i don't take a shot i'm gonna regret it you know yeah Yep. Yeah, and that yeah, the one you got is a stud, dude. Yeah, yeah. It was cool to hear their their reactions when you when they got that on video. That was kind of cool. They were all they were yeah. all stoked for you. Oh yeah, I just heard them yelling and stuff afterwards and they're like, "No, way. And when I got back to camp, they were just like, that is so sick. Like you got one with a bow." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. All, they're, they're all mainly like rifle hunter. I mean, a couple of the guys shoot bows and stuff, but I don't can you have shot anything with a bow? I could be wrong. Uh-huh. I don't think they have, but I think majority of them just killed stuff with a rifle. Okay. Nice. So, Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, it was a fun trip, though. You got to look into it. Yeah, I definitely will here at, at some point and get up there and do that. It sounds like an awesome trip. Yeah, definitely one for the books. I hope I could take uh, Batty back. Yeah. Hell yeah. It just, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Just after that trip, you're basically just like living off the land. And it was such a long trip. Like we were in field for 10 or 11 days. Yeah. So you're like fending for yourself for 10 or 11 days. Then we had to, you know, protect the meat from like bears and stuff coming in, which we luckily didn't have that issue, but we were set up for it. Like we had all the meat hanging. We had a trip wire around it with a 22 blank that if, uh, a bear walk through it, it would pop the 22 round off so it would wake us up in the middle of the night. Oh, know? really? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we had it all covered with, you know, like leaves and shit like that. We did as, as much as we could to make sure that we weren't going to lose any meat to bears because well, before we flew in, the pilot was telling us they already had four bears that had got shot by people coming into camp trying to get, you know, into their stuff that four grizzlies had already been killed. Damn. The game board stopped by and talked to us, and they're like, hey, if it's going for your meat, you can't shoot it. But if it's going for your personal belongings, like stuff in your tent or coming at you, you can shoot it. So they already had four that were justified shooting where they, the guys had killed grizzlies in the camp. Oh, wow. So it, it, but when you do that, you have to cape out the whole bear and bring it back with you so they can you know, study it. Okay. So I was just like, man, I don't want have to deal with that you know yeah preferably because it's just the added stress and then you have to like prove that you're innocent who yeah. knows you know i don't want to deal with that yep yeah that doesn't sound like fun which we only saw a couple the whole trip the one that ate the carcasses and then there was one time my very first stock i went on i had one probably 200 yards from me and i was by myself just on a uh stalking a group that the other guys had busted farther away and i went to like kind of their exit route 
to hopefully cut him off. And they came running by me at like 30 or 40 yards. And that's when I said I didn't have a shot. And I looked over across the hill and there was a grizzly about, yeah, 250. But okay. I, I had a sidearm on me, luckily. But yeah. I don't know how good that would have worked. Yeah. Hell yeah. I've heard, uh, I've heard stories of those things. They'll eat four or five rounds out of a pistol like it's nothing. <laughs> oh, man. What caliber pistol were you carrying? Uh, 40 caliber. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I typically carry on a day-to-day. Yeah, that's my everyday carry Yeah, as well. Nice. Actually, I just bought a new everyday carry the other the other day. Really? I haven't picked it up yet. A new shield. That's not how I have a 40 shield. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah you've seen it. I took it with us when we went up. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was I couldn't remember what it was. I like that gun a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I like I bought I got it in a 9, but I've shot gotcha. it I've shot them before. I I love the way they shoot. Yeah. So I got to get another one. I got to get Nadia a gun here too. The way stuff's going, just I know. Crazy. I know. Dude, this world. Well, it's just like, it's sad too. Like if I leave here, well, I mean, yeah, obviously I make sure she's protected when I'm not here, but yeah. the way state of California is, Yeah, you know, uh, if something was to happen, it's not in her name. God knows what she'll come after, you know. Yeah. Try to take my house and everything else. Yeah. That just for her protecting herself. Yeah. It's freaking ridiculous. Yeah. I know we've been, yeah, we've been talking about moving. We don't, I don't know what we're doing, man. I, I know. I've thought about the same thing, but I got too much with my work and then my own business and stuff going down here. Just, we got all of our families here. Stuff. Yeah. I just, I told her with what I pay in taxes, I can employ another employee. Probably two. I know, huh? <laughs> you know, a salary, literally. Yeah. No kidding, dude. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah, that's our thing. We have so much family here. It's hard to. It's hard to leave. Yeah. But. What I don't know. Do? The, the hunting's super good too, so that kind of you know. <laughs> here. Yeah, I'm just joking. <laughs> dude, don't even, uh, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm so frust I'm so frustrated, dude. I I I can't. I don't know. It's freaking at this point it's embarrassing. I don't even want to talk about it. I can't even yeah. I can't shoot. I can't freaking get it done apparently. I ain't been putting in the work though. I just I don't know. You just find those pockets where there's deer and then there's just deer there all the time but just hitting it at the right time too. Yeah, and I think I, I, I mean, I've, I'm kind of learn, I'm learning more every time I go. I, I, I'm learning where the deer are and where they aren't. So I, I, I do know where those areas are, but I just, dude, for me, it's like, it's just the time. Like, I, I can't, yeah. with the wife and three kids, like, in a full time job, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's an excuse. I'm not going to make excuses, but it's just hard. You know, like, yeah. I, I pretty much, tr- plan like with the amount of pto i have I'll, I'll like plan like one like somewhat longer trip which is usually just whatever not even that much it's usually taking a few days off of work and making a long you know taking the weekend and letting it run into like a few more days worth of pto and yeah and and that's like my big trip and then it's like yeah. you know and then after that it's just weekend trips and maybe a day here or a day there 
yeah, I taken get it. off. So it's like, it's just never enough, dude. It's like, I feel like I need like, a, a, I don't know. Yeah, you need like seven or ten days. I mean, I get yeah. it. It's the same way. It looks like I'm always hunting from what I post on Instagram, but I'm we're a weekend warrior kind of stuff. I, outside of the Alaska thing, it was the most I've ever taken off. I think when I drew X12 a couple years ago, I took four or five days, but that was counting like the weekend, you know. Yeah. And I came, I shot my deer, and I was supposed to have another couple days off, and I shot my deer, got it out came home got it in a cooler and everything and that evening we we're harvesting peaches at night so i went in and was running our crew at yeah. midnight that night i didn't get home from uh x12 i think i got home at like four or five in the afternoon went to work at midnight yeah <laughs> you know so it's like it always looks like i'm hunting but i promise i'm not i work way more than i get to hunt yeah yeah it's, it's like right now it's hard with walnuts and stuff like i can't even hardly hunt california Dude, you're outside of archery season yeah your schedule is nuts dude yeah all the season is crazy yeah we tried to do this podcast for like a month and a half and it was like (laughs) yeah you were you literally worked like seven days a week and like and and you get home i think like i don't know i'm probably in bed by the time you get home from work (laughs) yeah and then i'm leaving at like 4 30 or 5 the next morning at least i know i'm like dude this guy and they're like any every time you like you're like, hey, what about this day? And I'm like, uh, I'll be hunting that day. Uh, I don't know. I just kept going on and on. <laughs> it was like, yeah, today. I was supposed to be hunting today, and that didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. So then I'm like, let's just do it right now. Freaking middle of the day, dude. Saturday. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Whatever works. Yeah. If it wasn't for the old vid, I'd be at work right now. So. Oh, that's right. Worked out. You got the China virus. The old China virus, the one that everyone's scared about. Yeah, I know. I feel like people should just start having China virus parties. Like people used to have, like, uh, what's it called, chicken pox parties or whatever. Yeah, get that <laughs> that her- herd uh, immunity going. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, I just no hope my my voice isn't annoying anyone on this podcast. But if it is, I'm sorry. You kind of sound. Are you well, like? They, are you getting they, a sex change or something? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably getting... I can just wake up and decide that nowadays, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I listening to? Do you listen to Andy Frisella's podcast, the the yeah. re- real AF? Yeah, oh, when yeah. I can. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I try to keep up on them all. I know. I try to balance. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I listen to too many political ones, but like <laughs> the, the, his last one he was talking about was talking about this high school. Um, where a, a dude, uh, won, oh, what is it called? What are they, what, what, what is it called in school when there's like a queen, uh, like a homecoming queen? Yeah, homecoming queen. Yeah, he, this dude won homecoming queen. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I was like, dude, what the fuck is going on? And it's not even a, it's not even a transvestite. It's just a, it was a gay dude. Really? Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to try out for uh homecoming queen and he, and he won. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. It's getting weird. I was like, well, nowadays. sucks for all the girls that dreamed of being homecoming queen one day in high school. Cause this dude yeah. just took it from him. Exactly. <laughs> that's why I was just telling Maddie the other day. I think it was, I think I posted on my Instagram story, the 
best quote I've ever heard for like that kind of situation was I think from Dave Chappelle, where he says, "I believe, uh, I believe in everyone's right to be who they want to be, but how much of what was it? How much of my energy needs to be put into your self-image?" Yeah. So it's like you can do what you want to do, but how yeah. much of my time and my energy needs to be put into helping your self-image? I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some of it's just getting wild. I know, dude. This world is getting nuts on so many levels. Yeah, I'm just waiting for it to all implode. I know. I know. I feel like a doomsday prepper now. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't know if I can prepare enough for this shit. What's going to happen? <laughs> I think I'm pretty I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to sit back and smile when everything goes south and everyone's <laughs> running around like chickens with their heads cut off. <laughs> Oh, dude! The other the other day, our power went out, and I was like, "Oh, this is the test. This is the test. Do we have it together or not?" <laughs> well, dude, the, the funny thing is, is like I didn't know if it was gonna come back on that night, so like we had to get my wife's car out of the garage, yeah, because the garage door opener wouldn't work, and I wasn't gonna be there in the morning to help her. So like that uh, that night, it was dumping rain, and like. So in our house, it's like a it's a newer house, and like the the garage door opener. You know how like usually there's like a pull cord, and you pull it down, and then you can manually manually like lift the garage door up. Yeah, this one has no pull cord, dude. I I I still have no idea how you're supposed to like open it manually. Yeah. So I I had to take the hinge apart, dude, and like <sighs> like I had oh to like my God. like unbolt it and like take the hinge apart and open the garage and get my wife's car out of the garage that <laughs> that night that part is nowadays a lot of people don't even know how to do that it's crazy i was telling maddie that the other day i was like i think that would be the that's going to be the biggest shock if anything was to ever happen yeah or we ever to get ta- attacked like on our home front or anything like that the amount of people that just can't do day-to-day functions you know yeah simple simple things like <laughs> it just blows my mind I'm, yeah i'm glad that uh I'm not one of those people. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people probably would have just looked up at it and been like, "Huh, I don't know. I guess I just yeah, won't I go to work tomorrow." <laughs> yeah, I'll just stay home for the week or <laughs> a couple of days that I don't have power. Yeah, I guess I'll never leave my house again because my car is stuck in the garage. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this is funny. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on, though. I know we've been talking about getting together and barbecuing, or getting the podcast going, or just doing all kinds of stuff, and freaking. Life gets away from us. Yeah, it gets busy. Yeah. But I think we're still going to try to shoot for Arizona at the end of the year, right? Yeah, dude, I'm 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 100% down to do that. Um, yeah, I'm in. I, I've been kind of – I think your brother was – I think it's pretty cold down there that time of year, isn't it? Yeah. We've had years where it's like 65, 70 the whole time, and we've had years that we got two feet of snow. Oh, so. really? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hit or miss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of, I don't know, I got a few pieces of gear to get my winter stuff in order a little bit better. I got new boots and new puffy jacket and different gaiters and I don't know, just some different things to make it a little bit better of a trip. But yeah, I'm I'm planning on it for sure. Actually, I put those new Krispies to to the test yesterday in the snow. Oh, really? Which ones? You you got the, uh, the Idaho's? Uh, I got the the guides. Or they're, guides, yeah. They're basically the I or they're basically the 
Yeah, the Idaho's with or no, they're the, they're the Nevadas, but with a taller boot. Taller boot. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So yeah, they're like a I don't know two hundred gram thin slit. I think they're like a level three stiffness, and I think I think your Bricksdales are like a level five or level four. Yeah. Yeah, oh. I love those things, but I I think the next pair I need to get those guides that are somewhat insulated. I was I haven't gotten cold in the Bricksdales yet, but I haven't been in real real cold weather yet. Are those slightly got a little cold in Alaska here or there when they were just super saturated with water. Yeah. But uh, at least they kept my feet dry the whole time. I was super impressed. Nice. Hell yeah. Are those are those insulated at all or no? No, they're the non-insulated ones. Okay. I've no, never I... really ran an insulated boot. Like I said, majority of my hunting's all like early season stuff, but I, know, I, I should never... probably get a set of cold weather ones. I know. It just doesn't get that cold here. And, and well, because our hunting season, you know, like it, they end in October here. Yeah. So it's like not that extreme, but there's nothing else you wanted to know about Alaska or I don't know. Um, yeah, I was just kind of curious, like how the, you know, like the, just the planning of it went and then the trip or the getting the meat out and stuff like that. Um, yeah. The only other big crucial thing, I guess too, would be if you've got to have someone back at home that can like rebook flights for you. Because oh. if you're if you're in the field, like yeah, you have your in reach, but you have no way to go online and, and change flights. So you would definitely have to have someone back here that can coordinate like that kind of stuff for you. Oh, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, because it it seems like it's pretty common to to get stuck out there a little longer than usual. Yeah, if I had to do it again, I might just buy a plane ticket there and figure out my one for the way back. You know what I mean? When when we figured out what day we were coming back, because you figure I spent an extra almost $300. Like they gave me a credit, but it still cost me money. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know if I would have been better off just like booking a flight there and then getting my one back a couple of days out. But, but I don't know. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I didn't even really think about that. Um, yeah. I was thinking, or you could like plan your flight home for just a week later or a few days later than you thought it would need to be but then you're just kind of hanging out like and was it was your original flight from did you guys go to seattle first and then to anchorage or uh seattle anchorage fairbanks I, no seattle anchorage and then we stopped in a shoot a really small town just to like we didn't even get off the plane uh oh no i'm gonna forget the name of it I'd have to look at my tags uh-huh. and see. And then it was to Cotsview. Okay. Yeah, the flight the flight home, there was a lot of stops. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking if if you planned your flight, like, on the way back, like, I don't know, a few days later just to just in case and then just plan on – if you if you if your schedule goes as planned, then you could just kind of hang out in Anchorage yeah. or something and go on a fishing trip or something. But then you got to, like, figure out what to do with all the meat and – <laughs> yeah, and that's where it gets expensive is because the uh, hotel room there, like a decent hotel room, is 320 oh, So okay. it, get, it gets expensive quick to just stay there. We, luckily, we were splitting it. And when, the first, when we first landed there, that before we went into the field, we stayed in a suite. So that was like 450 a night, but we were splitting it with all of us guys. So okay. it wasn't bad, but 
Uh, yeah, then then you're like they only had the one because of COVID. They only had the one restaurant there that you could eat from, so you kind of get burnout like eating the same thing. You know, like yeah. I said, you can't drink beers. And, uh, I mean, yeah, you can, but you just got to be careful. Like you can't yeah. get caught with alcohol or anything like that. So it's kind of like shitty that you can't just chill, have yeah. a couple beers after getting on the field. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah, so that's wild. Weird. Yeah, I know, that's weird. I felt like I was in high school again. It was tough <laughs> to hide. I know. Hide beer. Or you felt like you were like in California or something, huh? Like being told yeah. what to do. Yeah, exactly. Like right at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's cool to like see though the culture. I'm just weird. I mean, I do somewhat feel bad for the people there because there's not much like going, you know, in that town. Like I said. Yeah. But uh, everyone was super nice, so I have no no complaints. Right on. It, is is Katsubu like? Is it like one of those tiny little like village? Do they call it a oh, village yeah. or is it? Yeah, it's like it's it's a village. Okay, it's like what you see on uh, Alaska State Troopers. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's like it's definitely a village. Yeah. Like I said, outside of the airport and the one nice hotel, there's not much going on there. Uh-huh. So, it's cool to see that, though. Yeah, the local, the those locals, or these, uh, the, like, the natives can be pretty rough. Yeah. They were all, like, su- super respectful to us, though, because I was kind of worried. Not worried, but, like, I was wondering the same thing. Like, do they look at us like, screw these guys? you know, coming here, hunting our animals and stuff like that. Yeah. Or if we'd be accepted, you know, they're cool. They accepted us. Yeah. They're super interested in like what was going on, how we, how we did stuff like that. Once we got back there, like, Oh, how'd you guys do? And it's cool. Be the only archery guy, like in the group stuff too. They're, they're super pumped. Like, Oh, you going with the bow. Oh, that's really cool. That's hard to do. Nice. Hell yeah. So yeah, that part was cool. Cool. Yeah, it probably depends on the, the vill- I'm sure that village is like used to people flying in and doing those hunts or whatever, so it's probably pretty common for them anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. You're able to get done with the bow. Yeah, I'm super pumped. I'm glad I decided to not just take the easy road. Yeah. Well, it's cool that you had the option, too, to... You know, like if if you didn't have anyone else there with a rifle, then it probably would have been a different. You probably would have been like, eh, I'll just bring my rifle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Cause, exactly. Because it's like if there's not that choice, then it's like, you know. Yeah. Your whole yep. trip and all that money is all banked on like, you know, just yep. only being able to get it done with a bow. Luckily. Yeah, and I knew this was, like, probably the one, like, hunt. Like, I haven't been able to deer hunt. We're going to run up tomorrow just because, obviously, we can't be around people, so we're going to go hide in the mountains. Yeah. And, uh, Maddie tomorrow, but uh, I haven't been able to deer hunt or anything, so I had that pressure, too. It's like, man, this is the one hunt I'm going to have, like, this year, except for maybe Arizona at the end of the year, so I better capitalize on it, you know? Yeah. Hell, yeah. Because I haven't had a chance to do any deer hunting or anything yet this year 
I'm going to take her up tomorrow, like I said, see if I can get her her first year, hopefully. But I got a day to do it, so odds aren't in our favor. Yeah. I don't know, dude. You seem to you seem to always just be able to go up like you're like, oh, I have only one week or one weekend or one day off this whole season, and then you always go get one. I'm like, dude, yeah. you fucking dickhead, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, that spot that spot I took you bear hunting. My brother said the snow level is uh, decent for that area. It should be good, hopefully tomorrow. But okay. that spot I took you bear hunting. That's what I was telling you. Is that's a migration through there. I've always had really good luck whenever we catch a storm. If you can get back there. Yeah, you can full wheel in to get back there, but the pickup and uh, there's certain spots there. You go certain ravines, you go sit, and they just funnel through there. But I'm always normally in walnuts when a storm hits. Yeah, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just hit or miss. Like you got to go, you got to spend a couple of days, so you always get lucky. I'm gonna go up there. I'm gonna check some other spots too. I think, but that'll probably be the first place we go tomorrow morning. Uh huh. Yeah. So hopefully, I'll get lucky. Just catch catch something coming through for her, and then. I got a bear tag. I still got a deer tag for um, AO tags. I might throw my bow in the truck. Okay. But if I if I see if I was lucky enough to see a buck, I want her to get one. So it would have to be. I don't know that, what are the odds of seeing two together and me shoot my bow and her the rifle. I'd have to be hoping her just get on it and everything. You know. Yeah. I think I might just leave the leave the bow at home, focus on her, and maybe I'll get lucky and see a bear or something. Oh yeah. I have my work cut out with me anyways, just getting her deer off the mountain. Cause I got to hopefully Monday or Tuesday, I can go back to work. So yeah. Okay. We'll see. I got a lot of stuff to do. I got to start pruning everything else, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I need to get more of these episodes going. I just, I've been, yeah, I've been busy. Yeah. It's been a year to be busy, though. I know. Yeah, it's been a weird, kind of a weird year. But but anyways, I'll try to get some more of these episodes coming. And I think, you know, if we get together for uh, for a bear hunt and then if we do the Arizona thing, maybe we'll do some some campfire podcast episodes or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. Be yeah. Like a kind of semi-live hunt or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah, dude. Sounds good. Well, thanks again, man. Hope you guys. Yeah, I appreciate it having you on again. Yeah, yeah. I hope you guys uh, get better soon. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. I think we handled it pretty good. We're both physically pretty healthy, so yeah, actually, more or less like being where you can't go anywhere is kind of you don't want to get anyone else sick. So yeah. Well, if, if you don't want to get anyone sick, just put a mask on. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i told her yeah she thought it was kind of funny yeah <laughs> they work so good right yeah exactly <laughs> all right man well thanks again dude yeah thank you if you have any questions or comments please reach out to me on instagram at mountain.vision or my personal instagram page at blue collar harvester look forward to hearing from you thanks for listening